Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all the trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. And all recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. And this week, one of the better things that they are offering is a balsamic fig chicken. Uh, Seems like it would taste really good. Go to the link in our show notes to get... $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh and the number one meal kit. Welcome to West Virginia Commonplace. Today, this is an episode uh, with Todd Sullivan. This is an episode that I recorded over a year ago. Um, And this is one of the episodes that I'm pulling out of the archive. What happens sometimes is, you know, we get a lot of uh, different content episodes and things like that that uh, you try to piece together and put into the right places. And this was one of many episodes that... I couldn't find the proper place for it. So, um, in saying that, basically, it was like uh, the timing for the the type of nature of what he was doing um, didn't fit the mode of what I had planned out overall. And sometimes this is a burden as a podcaster that you have to deal with and you have to uh, reassure your guests that you will put out their podcast. And in turn, also, your guests have to... Um, give you a little bit of leeway on certain things and um in this case Mr. Sullivan has been very uh, good about this he hasn't said much or done anything else uh in particular with it uh, after we spoke a few months ago and um at this moment I feel it's the best time to release this episode once again this is an episode that's from the archives Todd Sullivan and I hope you enjoy welcome everybody to West Virginia and Commonplace today I have a special guest he's all the way across the Pacific his name is Todd Sullivan. Todd Sullivan is an author. I'm going to jump right into it. Todd Sullivan, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your books. You have a, you have how many sets of books and how what what all do you have going on in the world today? Well, yeah. So I'm right now. I'm here in uh, Taipei, Taiwan. It's like eight o'clock in the morning on Wednesday, Wednesday morning, and I have uh, a horror uh, book series out and also a fantasy book series out. And I'm also writing a script for a web drama uh, called For the Gods Open Eyes. So those are like the three main things that I'm doing right now. Okay, so let's get in here and let's talk about the Windshine Chronicles first. How did you, uh, what inspired you to write this? And tell us a little bit about your background. What got you into writing? Well, I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. uh, And... I started writing at a very young age. I used to have those um, those brown uh, notepads. They're very old, spiral notepads. I used to fill those up with uh, all the stories I had. And I don't know, it was just like an inclination from a very young age. You know, people, some people are really into sports. Some people may be really into computers, but I was really into reading and really into writing. So that's uh, when I started doing it. And yeah, I just continued from elementary school. I think I stopped for only one year in like maybe sixth grade. But except for that one year, I've been writing probably since, you know, second grade or something up until currently. Okay, okay. So you've always just had a little bit of uh, author inside of you. You've always wanted, wanted to put something out there. So 
getting into this, because uh, you have so much going on, so we can fit it all in a podcast. Um, the Windshine Chronicles. Tell the audience about that. Um, out of everything you showed me, I like everything that, I, that I've read, but that one, that, that was the first thing you sent me, so that intrigued me. That was the first thing that I jumped into. So the Dimension Chronicles is really about uh, trying to achieve a very high goal because the way it works is that they are these are young men in this fictional universe and they go on these quests in order to become a hero. Like that's the thing they're trying to achieve, become a hero. And so it's a very difficult and the Dimension Chronicles is mostly about the people who don't make it because when you're trying to achieve something that's really, really big, uh, you may start at a very young age, but actually most people don't. Uh, don't really get to that point that they've always wanted to. And so that's what the Windshot Chronicles is about people who basically try really hard and actually don't reach it. <laughs> so oh, <wow. laughs> that's, that's basically the, the idea behind the book. That's, that's the main part of the book. Okay. Now, where can uh, the audience find these books? Because here's the thing about podcasts, and you know this because you've done quite a few episodes. People like to click into the podcast at different points, however you edit it. So we'll plug a few times. Where can they find the Windshine Chronicles today if they want to get Easy places is Amazon. Easy places is Amazon. So if you just go to Amazon, do the Windshine Chronicles, my name, Todd Sullivan, uh, it's going to come up. So that's going to be the easiest, you know, no matter where you are in the country and really no matter where you are, most in places world. in the world. Yeah, you should be able to get Amazon or places in the world like uh, Korea, Taiwan, Japan, China, they have their Amazon equivalent. So it's like the online bookstore that they use. So you should also be able to get all the Amazon equivalents around the world, but Amazon is really the easiest one. Okay, so um, one question, just throw this in here early. How do how the audience, how do they get in touch with you? If they're inspired by your book and they want to know more, they want a, a deeper level understanding of certain characters, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, Learning Facebook. Facebook is easy. Twitter is easy. My handle, I think, is Denevius, D-E-N-E-V-I-U-S. Same thing for Instagram, uh, Denevius, D-E-N-E-V-I-U-S. But really, at this point, if you actually do my name, Google my name, Todd, T-O-D-D Sullivan, S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N, uh, information is going to come up on me. So you can really just Google my name, and then you can uh, just follow the links that way to uh, actually contact me. But the easiest way is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay, now let's dive into this vampire series you have. Can you give my audience the title of your vampire series and, and just give them a little bit about what's going on in that series? So it's the vampire series of extreme horror. It's actually quite uh, graphic and visceral. And the first book is called Butchers, and that came out, I think, November of last year. The second book is called The Gray Man Smoking Shadows, and that came out probably March of this year. And the concept behind that one is, uh, is the idea that the, uh, if you have a very bad job, so if you're someone who has like an extremely, extremely bad job, it's a metaphor for that. And that's what the vampires said. They have a very bad job and they're stuck there for eternity because they're vampires, they don't die. So that's what it was. It was just capturing what it's like to be stuck in a very bad job indefinitely. Oh, wow. So let me ask you this. How do you go, because these two, these two stories, these two, um, I'm going to call them chronicles, these, these two different sets of books, they're so far apart. How do, how do you have the creativity to go to this end, to the next end with these books? How do, how do you do that? Actually, if you think about it, it's not, because Winchai Chronicles is about the people who don't make that dream that they're actually going for. They tend to, it's not like they die. Like in the Winchai Chronicles, they die. But in real life, if you don't make that dream, you're not just getting like a, a job. 
And a lot of time that job you have, uh, many people are not happy with or dissatisfied. So really they are actually quite connected if you think about it that well, way. Well, I see the I see the correlation in what you're saying, but I'm saying like the actual themes of both books, the, the like the vampire. Oh, you mean like the fantasy and the horror? Yes. Okay, so uh, I was always into horror. And I, I mean, when I grew up, uh, I had I, my older brothers play a lot. Okay, yeah, that's put it this way. My older brothers play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons and they write comic books. And so that's what my fancy, that's probably where my fancy uh, interest came from. But then my older sister read horror. And so if you think about it that way, uh, probably came from my siblings. So they, my older brothers read fancy, my older sister read horror. And that's a lot of what I do. I do fancy and do horror. And that starts at, you know, young age. So that's probably how those two things will probably um, kind of generate themselves. Okay. And then what the next product you have going on uh, for the God's Open Eyes. Can you hear me? Right, for the God's Open Eyes. That's a web drama that takes place here in Taipei, Taiwan. And it's based upon... Uh, it's kind of based upon African uh, ideology, African religion, and then we build narratives from there. So that's the idea behind that one. Okay, so while wow, you have a lot going on. So how do you find time to do all this? Because um, I want you to get a little personal with the audience, if you don't mind. Um, tell them what you actually do over there in Taiwan. I teach English as a second language. So that's basically teaching uh people here in this country. It was also in Korea, uh, like uh, grammar, vocabulary, literature, uh, you know, reading, reading techniques and things like that. So I just teach English as a second language. And I've been doing this now for like 11 years. I've been doing this for quite a while. Okay, so you you know how to manage your time with all this. So how do you find time to write a book? Like what what are the steps that you go to? What is your process to start writing? Because I always ask authors when I bring them on the show to present me with how did you get into like actually writing the book? Like, did you sit down with pen and paper? Did you get on an old typewriter, like a brother typewriter? Did you get on a computer? Did you have some old school word processor? What did, how did you start into writing? So everything starts on uh, a notepad and pencil. I guess it's from my, from when I was younger. So I write down everything first in pencil. And then I go from there eventually. And you know, the way you do it is you sit down and you write. I mean, it's, it's kind of, uh, just a, a discipline that you develop over the years. Like you just tell yourself, I do it every morning. I do it five days a week, basically about one hour in the morning and you just build a, a discipline for it. So, you know, you tell yourself, I'm gonna sit down at this time and then write for this amount of time and then I'm done for the day. And that's how I get done material by just, you know, sit down, do it for a short time, then I'm done. But I do it consistently. So one hour doesn't sound like a much, doesn't sound like much, but we do one hour five days a week for the entire year it builds up to a lot of like material over the year oh yeah and I'll, i like that set discipline so what would you tell a young author right now that's getting ready to put out a book um would you tell that person to put out that book uh through a publisher or put it out uh independently what would you tell a young author to do once they have their book finished who to present it to where, where do they take it to who did you take your book to well, you can submit. So you submit, like uh, my publishers, my horror publisher is called Nightmare Press and my uh, fantasy publisher is called Mocha Memoir Press. And so you just submit it out to different publishers uh, and see if they're accepted. Or you make contacts. You can also go through a contact, like an agent or something, and you can submit it to the agent, the agent submits it to a publisher. 
But I mean, it depends on the, uh, what you're going to do. But I think most authors or writers, the main, uh, really important thing people forget is promotion. So that's really what you need to keep in mind of after you've really, when you're writing too, uh, is how you're going to promote the book. No matter how you actually end up selling the, uh, the product, promotion is extremely important. So that's what I tell young, uh, someone's writing right now, think about promotion and how you're going to promote it after it's done. Okay, and I like that answer because um, the thing is, is there's so many people that want to publish and then I always see this thing, uh, especially people go to KDP, uh, they just write a book real fast, throw it on KDP, get it out there, and it never sells. And I'm like, well, look at someone that's been successful because I said, we don't measure success on if you sell 500,000 books, if you sell 10 books, that's successful in my eyes. So um, when did you get your first measure of success in your eyes with all this? I think because for me, I submitted starting around, I submitted uh, fiction starting around 18 years old. And I got my first paid publication at 35. So it was almost 20 years before I finally got something published. And that was uh, probably, uh, that was probably the second biggest moment. It, was, it wasn't until, because the first time it could be a fluke. Uh, the second time, maybe just kind of lucky, but the third time is when you know you're onto something. And okay. So the third time I something published, I knew that I had uh, developed a, a style that, that could sell and make money. And so I think maybe it was the third time that I kind of knew that, all right, I must know what I'm doing. Or else people wouldn't keep accepting it for publications, so. All right, so what about that gap between 18 and into your 30s? How did you handle that criticism of, of the rejection? How did you handle that? Because see, that's something that, that some authors will discuss with me on the record. A lot of will discuss it with me off the record. Are you comfortable with discussing that with me on the record? Like, how did you feel about yeah. the rejection? Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult, but I think one of the things rose to success is developing a thick skin because actually a lot of people don't have thick skin, so they get very discouraged and then they want to stop. But you, I think the ones who actually get higher and higher have like built up an armor or a very thick skin. And that's how you do it. You just, um, you get pricked and it kind of bleeds, but then over time it scabs over and scars and doesn't hurt as much. So you just need to develop a very thick skin to just keep pushing forward. And I think that's how I did. You just, you know, develop a thick skin. Okay, so now let's go into another scenario. So you wrote, wrote your first two books in the first series um that we were talking about the windshine chronicles did, which one did you do first the windshine chronicles or the um vampire series well it's funny enough they both so for some reason in the same 24 hours because i was trying to get them published for like probably a year and then i think with nightmare press accepted and most of my press have been holding on to it for like a year and hadn't responded and then like 24 hours after Nightmare Press accepted it, Mokuma my press accepted it. So they actually got accepted like at the exact same time. Oh, so, whoa. Yeah, it was weird, but <laughs> that's, why they, that's why the publication dates are so similar. Like they're like usually a month or a half apart from each other because they both were, began basically at the same time. So once you get both of these published, you got your web series that you're going to be writing for. What's next for you book-wise? What's the next thing that you're... Do you, do, you let, do you let a little success come? Do you see how they go before you start writing again? What, how do you handle that part? Like, are you writing something new now? I mean, don't tell us what you're writing, but are you writing something new? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm writing, uh, well, again, I'm writing the web series. And also, I just finished the third book in the Winchtime Chronicles, and I'm editing that right now. It's, uh, it's actually the, 
the first two are novellas. So these are like short novels. So this one is actually a long actual novel novel. Uh, and so that's what I'm doing, I'm editing that. And then eventually I'll write the third book in the vampire series. So that's, uh, that's my plan for now. But you know, the, the web series, the web drama came unexpectedly. And so if something unexpectedly comes that looks good, uh, I'll probably end up doing it because you know, why not? Okay, okay. Now, today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all the trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. And all recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. And this week, one of the better things that they are offering is a balsamic fig chicken. Uh, Seems like it would taste really good. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh and the number one meal kit. Well, you got these books out here. You're doing lots of podcasts. You're doing all types of promotion for them. Um, And people... uh, read it and give you reviews what has been the most critical review you've received for your material the most critical of the things that got published is probably you know the thing about the the extreme horror and i make sure to put the extreme horror in there uh because people have different ideas about it but uh some people don't like extreme horror extreme horror okay <laughs> they let that known uh that they don't like extreme horror and so that's probably the most critical ones are the ones who just actually just don't like the genre very much but they end up reading uh, the book anyway so that's oh. probably it i mean um you know there's like for the winter chronicles it's kind of where one woman thought that the there was like animal abuse because you know these guys are on these quests and the horse gets killed because if you're on a quest maybe a horse might die but she didn't really like that so that was i don't know it was critical it was kind of a unexpected critique, I suppose, of the book itself. Okay, so it wasn't really like a creative, I mean, it wasn't anything constructive in what she was saying, basically. She loves the animals, I guess. And, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's wild right there. Now, let's dig a little deeper. You have these books, you've written them. Is there going to ever be a film option for them? I don't know, because, you know, uh, depends on like COVID has really changed the way the world works. So we have to see how films actually continue going. But the web series, I mean, I can imagine uh, continuing doing web series now definitely because I, I had never done a web series up until like probably three or four months ago. And now, you know, we're on our like fifth episode. And the process is pretty cool. I've had a pretty fun time doing this. And so I can imagine it going that way. But whether or not it's going to be like a Hollywood, Netflix, Amazon Prime deal. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Yeah, but I don't really know. Okay, and you just keep working at your craft until it gets there, right? Is that, right, is, yeah. that a, is that an aspiration of yours to eventually translate from this to, like, television? I, I wouldn't, like I, like I said, I've been enjoying writing the, the scripts for the, for the web series. So, yeah, I think now I've gotten, like, the bug for it. Like, I am, uh, I do enjoy it writing something that becomes uh, like live action on screen. That's actually is quite cool to see. The whole process is difficult, but 
the end result is actually pretty cool. So yeah, I, I, I'll probably do this now for now on. And you have to use a lot of imagery and stuff in your writing for the for that web series, correct? Like you have to actually like place yourself in that event or or see the event in a full circle. What is there a lot of difference between writing that and writing a book? Like how much? What's the difference there? Writing to the web series is a lot easier. When I write a a, a book, it takes me usually uh, like a novella, which takes like a short novel, maybe about 150 pages. That takes me about uh, eight months. When I write a script, you know, that's like a month. It, uh, it just goes a lot, <laughs> lot faster. And the reason why is because, uh, you know, when you write the script, you don't know who the actor's gonna be. You don't know what the location's gonna be. And so really the main thing you're focusing upon is really the story, like the plot, and then the dialogue. The dialogue changes also. So the main thing is just kind of building up a very good story, but then the director takes it and he does his own thing. So it's just, it's, it's a lot easier and doesn't take nearly as long because it's like more of a collaborative process. Okay. Now let me ask you this. Um, so you said that your, your family inspired you in certain levels uh, to write these books. Is it anybody else that inspired you with certain things that went on in your life uh, to be so creative with these two uh, sets of books? Yeah, I mean, uh, I write from things that kind of happen directly to me or directly, like indirectly, like around me. So I, I'm always taking, like I build characters from people that I meet. I build uh, like environments from places that I live. That's why the stories uh, take place in Korea. Like the two novels I have about take place in Korea. And then the web series takes place in Taiwan because that's where I'm at. I was in Korea when I wrote the books. I'm in Taiwan and I'm writing the web series. So yeah, everything around me, you know, uh, there's a scene in one of the plays I just wrote about dogs barking really loud because in my building there's these two dogs that bark really loud whenever someone rings a bell. So basically anything that happens around me, I take it and I kind of spin it into a narrative somehow or another. Okay, so you got away with, with spinning everything with your pen. Now we come to a part in my show um, and I do this with everybody, okay? Um, I met this rapper in New York. Uh, he takes a Rubik's cube, right? And in 30 to 40 seconds, he can have it complete. So my audience and I want to know, what's a talent or a secret you have that you've never told anyone? I don't know if it's a secret. I, I do martial arts. I mean, I, I've done, uh, you know, 10 years of sword fighting in Korea, but that's not really a secret. Everyone knows that. But secret that no one, I haven't told anyone. Uh, or a talent. Uh, or talent, besides the martial arts or talents. I like to dance. I don't dance as much anymore, but I used to go out to clubs and dance a lot, but that's not really a secret either. So that's the thing, I don't think there's a secret. <laughs> you don't <laughs> I mean, have a secret or a hidden uh, talent? Like yeah. for instance, I'll tell you, I don't have a, a secret or anything, but I make it very known. There's a vegetable called beet. I do not like beets at all. I'll eat rhubarb, parsnips, anything else, any other root vegetable, but I will not touch a beet. Right. Nothing is coming to mind. About All right, let one. me give you another example. A, a young lady that I had on the show today, uh, I interviewed her. She doesn't like the sound, uh, the commercial sound of a drink opening up and being poured, which is really hmm. weird. It's a little different, but she doesn't like the sound of drinks being poured in the commercial, on the radio, whatever. She'll turn it off. Because, you know, in a Coca-Cola, Pepsi commercial or anything... They pop that top or twist it open, and you hear that soda pouring out. Right. <laughs> Even yeah, you were thinking about that one too. So you're uh, like, yeah, that's a little wild. 
No, no, I just, nothing's coming to my head on that one. I can't think of anything that I do that, um, that to answer that question. Yeah, sorry. Maybe a little bit later. If we keep going, but something will come to my mind. But for now, nothing's really coming to mind about, about that one. Okay. All right, we'll go a little bit further then. Now, um, being over there in Taiwan, that's a, that's a whole other culture from here. Um, when you're writing these books, do you write in a sense for obviously you're writing when you for people in Korea? How do you take their their style of how they how they their writing is and compare it to the style that's in America, Europe, and other places? Do you consciously think about that, or do you just write it and, and hope it translates well everywhere? And when I'm saying translate, I'm not talking about the actual language. I'm talking about like the actual actions because you you know being from America and going to different places, um, our subcultures are completely different also. Right. I mean, I definitely think these two books are more geared towards uh, younger people. Like I'm, I'm 43 now, but it's probably geared more towards people who are in their late teens to in their 20s or 30s because of the topic of it. So, you know, uh, younger people uh, in their late teens and then in their early 20s university uh, are still following their dream. I mean, they haven't yet gotten to a point where reality is settled in and they have to like get a certain job and they have to pay this bill and things like that. And so I think Winter Child Chronicles goes more towards those group people. And then the uh, Vampire series, because of, again, the visceral nature, there's a lot of action in it. I think if not, uh, it's visceral, so maybe not 16, but I think probably 17 to someone in their early 20s will probably really enjoy the Vampire series. Okay. Because it's more like, like an action, very action and a lot of blood and gore. So I think it probably geared more towards probably a younger crowd. Okay, and actually, you're my first international guest, even though you're from America. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you a few questions about the culture over there. When you're over there, uh, is there a McDonald's? There is, actually, I went there yesterday. <laughs> There's a McDonald's like uh, two blocks away. They're very common here, actually, McDonald's. Oh, wow, that's crazy. So what is a typical day in the life of Todd Sullivan? These days I, I wake up and I do a lot of promotion and a lot of contacts because I'm trying to make everyone as many people possible know about the, the web series more because that's what I'm working on uh, okay. right now uh, more actively. But yeah, I'm just reaching out to people, doing my promotion. Um, I'm looking at videos uh, about, I've been looking at a lot of old videos about uh, actors, directors, writers from TV, from television, uh, okay. maybe. 10 to 20 years ago, so I've been doing a lot of that. A lot of photography, a lot of directing. Um, so that's basically a lot of my day. Uh, I'm right now teaching uh, drama to a junior high school here. Okay. Like, that's not every day, it's a uh, kind of dagger throughout the week. So I prepare for that also. It takes a lot of time to prepare for that. Uh, I write some, uh, I write some, maybe an hour every day. And then I do reading, just research. Okay, so you're out here doing a lot of networking and doing all this other stuff. So let's get a little bit, we'll go back into this web series real quick. So this web series, where can the audience catch this web series? YouTube, for the guys open eyes. Go to YouTube for the guys open eyes and definitely watch the series. And let us know what you think. And also let us know what you think. That's really be appreciated. Okay, that's a, that's a good, good deal there because I'd like to have the audience to be well-rounded so they know where to find everything. And we noticed that the books are over at Amazon or the equivalent across the United States and the world. And just look up Todd Sullivan. Todd Sullivan. Right, yeah, just look up Todd Sullivan. Okay. Right. Now, um, guy, that's... <laughs> hmm. 
All right. So when you're developing for this web series, what all events do you do you take from your day to put into this web series? Like that, that's that's like what I'm trying to get my head around. So like say like you wake up in the morning, you see something happen out the window. Um, do you try to correlate that to the web series, or is there a set tone with the web series and you just keep going with it? And then when you find minor things in life, you put put them in. Well, this web series is uh, is based upon working in the tutoring school system in Asia because they kind of it's very similar whether you're in Korea, Japan, uh, Taiwan, China is very similar. And so the, the the characters, mostly main characters, actually are ESL teachers. And so it's very easy because I've been doing it for eleven years, so I have like okay. a plethora of stories really to choose from. Uh, so that's where I get most of the material from, from my experience of teaching in the kindergarten, elementary, middle, high school, university, and then adults here in Asia. And that's basically the web series mostly focused upon. Okay. So with experience, you just got it. Um, you're using that uh, experience to help out in this web series. Okay. Well, now my audience, here, here goes this 2020 questions that we ask now. All right, you know, Diane Sawyer was really uh, tough with questions. Barbara Walters was straight to the point. John Stossel was funny, but we're not going to do any John Stossel. So here's a hard-hitting question, okay? You've um, wrote both of these book series. Which one is the better series to you? Well, I think the one that has probably gotten the most amount of uh, success is the Vampire one, which is actually kind of surprising. So I guess that one maybe edges out a little bit when shine though i love them both but because the vampire one's gotten a bit more success that's probably the one i favor more all right so does it make you want to do less with the other series because you're seeing that this vampire series is selling it's doing the right thing for you in terms of uh popularity uh does it make you obviously you said you're, you're doing another chronicle but does it make you want to do more of these vampire books over the windshine chronicles after everything said and done as i read vampire fiction when i was like in elementary school so i have always been doing that and i can't you know the thing is that uh it was difficult for me to write something other than vampire fiction uh so yeah i'm always gonna write vampire fiction that's always gonna be what i do so yeah there's gonna be a lot more of those books definitely all right so from account from you just now the windshine chronicles is a challenge for you then uh i guess it's a bit more of a, uh, I guess a challenge, yes. I know that was a, a huge challenge, but it is, a, I guess, a time challenge, yes. <laughs> now, um, would you ever develop the, the? because um, I don't know why, but the Windshine uh, Chronicles, I really dug into that. Um, would you ever develop that like into like a mini series or just like a limited series, like, like, like show, even if you just did it on the web? The Winnipeg Chronicles would be extremely difficult to uh, for like someone like my group to put on the web because it's uh, it's swords and sorcery. It's uh, you know people fighting. There's a lot of people. Uh, there's like dragons, and this is this is all very expensive. Like this will have to be like uh, you know a big producing uh, company actually doing this. So I, I can never do it, but I would love to see it. I would love to see it done, but that would be that would not be cheap. So maybe you'll have to option that off to someone. Right, yeah. I mean, I would, I would definitely love it. Like, I can, I can continue with the Windshine Crowns indefinitely because of the subject matter. So, yeah, I mean, if that could happen, uh, yes. Okay, now, I have a question. When you're writing these books and you send them to your publisher, um, 
do the publishers because this is something I, i've never asked anybody but i just thought about it do the publishers ever take any creative control away from you and they're like hey this doesn't go here can you take that out um or please don't put this in because it doesn't fit here for not really no i mean they make suggestions and they you know they they edit the book and then they do make a couple of suggestions for content but they never it's never like they don't twist your arm for it like they don't say either you do this or we're not going to do it so that doesn't happen that's never happened to me at least uh but they do make suggestions and you know if they want to tone something down or it might be severe to tone something down because my my uh, writing can get uh, quite uh this girl and so they might actually tone something down but that's about it okay so there's no real censorship they're just trying to get better clarity in a sense they want to make it less graphic <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing so because i again I, I can write my writing could get kind of graphic so yeah they, they say okay just let's tone that down and i tone it down that's cool okay now um after you're done with these two books, you have the next one in this series coming out for the Windshine Chronicles. You have the web series that's going to keep going on. What does 2021 look like for you? Oh, that's coming in like two months, right? That's almost actually a month and a half. Let's see what does it look like. I don't know. It's so hard now because of COVID. Like, you know, uh, the plans you have before COVID and then the plans you have after COVID, it's just like so, so different. Because really, I would probably have gone back to Korea uh, by 2021. That would probably be my plan. But now I can't. Well, I could, but it's like so difficult trying to get into different countries now. Right. So uh, really, I'm probably here uh, throughout 2021, probably up until towards the end after the, this winter and then the summer. And then I'll see, depending on how COVID is doing. But yeah, right now, it's basically COVID, how that affects me. Okay, so you're going to just keep uh, pumping out this, these promotions and getting these books uh, out of the atmosphere and into the stratosphere, right? Yeah, I promote every day, like every day. That's it. I spend a lot of my time promoting and trying to make contact. So, yeah, I definitely will. Okay. Um, and uh, I want to thank you for coming on to the West Virginia Commonplace. Um, no problem. It's been cool. Yeah, it was really cool to uh, get to hear about your books and all this other stuff. <laughs> and the way that this will tie into my audiences, they love authors. They love anyone that's taking their time to craft something and to put it out in the world. Because a lot of people are, have creative ideas and thoughts, but they never put them to fruition. So that's one thing I will commend you on. Um, it takes a lot to do that. Thank so, you. So at the very end of the show, I like to always ask, um, and the crowd likes us to, please give a shout out to anyone and everyone that has helped you along the way, be it your mom, brother, sister, whoever. Go ahead and give them well, a Well, I mean, well, now that you say that, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to thank my parents <laughs> and my family. Normally, I think my publishers, uh, like Mokum and my press who did the fancy uh, book series and then Nightmare Press who did the um, the horror book series. And I want to thank my team here and um, in Taipei, Taiwan, who I'm working with. You know, it's actually a fairly big group, maybe about 12 to 15 people, it changes. Uh, who we are, you know, it's not easy, but we're still going forward and still getting it done. So I want to thank them. But yeah, I definitely want to thank my parents okay. <laughs> and my siblings and things like that. So yeah, I, I thank them also. And what about the great state of Louisiana? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've product... been home since I was 18 years old. So it's been like oh, a God. very long time. Uh, so, but yeah, also Louisiana. Uh, sure. Yeah. Oh, man. 
All right. Well, once again, I want to thank you for coming on the show and we're signing off. All right. Thank you so much.